The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Inspire 105.1 FM. You are currently listening to the Community Connect show. And today it is Wednesday the 13th of November 2019. So, um, my, I'm... My name is Abdul Subhan, just for those of you who may not know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've actually said my name. Like Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. you haven't, to be honest. Yeah, you haven't. <laughs> okay, thank you for the clarification. Uh, and we'll be taking you up to uh, 7 o'clock. So, I'm joined here with, as you just heard, Ibrahim. Salam alaikum, Ibrahim. Welcome, salam. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm not too bad. How are you doing today? I'm good, alhamdulillah. I was, also, I was just thinking when you were reading the date, Wednesday, 13th of November, like how fast this year has gone. It's gone so fast, isn't it? It actually has gone so fast. Gone very fast, mm-hmm. very, very fast. So well, we should introduce um, that person as well. I don't know his name, but it's just to leave for you, so you <laughs> can say his name. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're also joined here with Hasnain. Assalamu alaikum, Hasnain. Wa alaikum salam. How are you doing today? I'm alright, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm just a bit tired. It's been a long day, so... Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for the clarification. Um, so... Um, um, we have a great show lined up for you with the first topic being about homelessness in the UK. Um, so we'll be discussing stuff about homelessness and you can also get involved. Uh, I'll read the numbers in a moment. And you can also um, text, you can also listen to the next part of the conversation, which I think might be slightly more interesting. It's a question, should higher developed countries have a higher obligation to battle climate change? So be sure to stay tuned and listen to that after the break. Um, so if you do want to get involved, you can call us on zero one five eight two four eight one eight double two. I'll repeat that for you: zero one five eight two four eight one eight double two. And you can text us or WhatsApp us on zero double seven nine four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two and you can find both those numbers on the website www.inspirefm.org and and we also are on facebook live so if you want to uh, see us and uh, look at ibrahim um, because yeah. like he's just such a cool guy you can see it for yourself <laughs> thank you so you can see that see on uh, inspire fm's uh, facebook page so be sure to check that out as well and we do have repeats of our shows on saturdays 8 to 9 p.m every week so if you miss any of our shows uh, we usually play the most recent ones on uh, on saturdays 8 to 9 p.m and we have podcasts up now i think we've gone up to week 15 of our podcast so you can actually listen to our podcast so that's pretty interesting as well. So let's get straight into it with uh, homelessness. I just want to um, get your opinions quickly because there's only three of us. So it should hopefully mean that, uh, m- well, not hopefully. It, it means we have less ideas going around to share. Yeah. But it should hopefully mean we can get into deeper conversations about the sort of things that we'll be discussing. Of course. And so um, I just want to get your opinion about homelessness and in the UK especially because and I'll start off with you, Hasnain. I want to see. I want to ask you, how much of a big issue do you think homelessness is in the UK, from what you've seen? I think it's a, it's 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 not a major issue. It's not really uh, affecting everyone, but it's affecting a small community, and there's nothing be, there's nothing being done about it really. Interesting. Uh, we'll come back on to your point after I ask Ibrahim. What do you think, Ibrahim? I agree with Hasnain. It's not an issue that affects everyone you know it's very is like a small commu- population in comparison to the whole population in the uk and i think for that reason a lot of people do brush it aside and it's not right because you know sometimes we hear big issues like you know for example the syria issue and issues happening in gaza and it's so great to see everyone stand together muslims and non-muslims from all races and battle that but then when you have smaller issues and small communities that face issues they're really under represented and i think it's our responsibility as a muslim community like we're doing now to talk about on radio and raise that awareness because homelessness is not you know a small thing it's not not being able to you, you know it's not like an illness or infection you know it's a lifestyle and it's not fair for anyone to go through that and not be helped and not be represented interesting you've raised a lot of points there and i'll touch upon them one at a time throughout the first half um but one thing that you've both mentioned here is that it's 
it's not really a big issue. Uh, you've both said that one way or another. And what I find is, it, you mean generally in terms of size of how much people, how many people it affects. Yeah. But what I find interesting is the fact that even though it affects so few people, the the effect that it has is devastating on a person's entire lifestyle. Like you said, Ibrahim, it's it's a lifestyle, not yeah. really uh, sort of on and off sort of thing. Mm. And the thing with homelessness is, would you say it's an on and off sort of thing? Do you think it's either you have it or you don't? What do you think? I think it's just uh, it's just like a mentality. A eh? you know, it they feel stuck. A lot of homeless people they feel stuck. They feel like they can't find any help, can't get out of the situation, mm-hmm. and they just they're in a dark place where they can't get out of. So it's not really an on and off thing. It's just like you know how they live in. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but um, but the main point I'm trying to raise here is the fact that uh, it's the effect of it is so devastating. The fact that people can you imagine not having a home to go to? Mm. And it, yeah. like ev- I know everyone says this. Oh, and can you you have? Can you imagine this? Can you imagine that? But you can't really imagine something until you fully go through the experience yourself, right? And what I find is the fact that we actually have a home to go to. We're so blessed, Alhamdulillah, and we don't even realize it. The fact that oh, we always have a ho- safe place to go to. And um, I was reading somewhere an interesting fact. It's the fact that our homes are probably the most safest place to us, right? So the place that we would call a home. So when someone comes and let's say uh, ro- and breaks the window or something, you'd feel less secure in that place. Mm. But when you live on the street or something similar, like n- no actual household, then you technically have no place like that where you value all your items as much as you do if you were living inside a house. But then I found it interesting because I disagreed with that, uh, I'll come on to that. But what do you think? Do you think you value your items more if you have a house or you're homeless? Um, I think that you value your items more if you're homeless because, you know, if we go into a house, there's probably objects that we don't even give any significance to. But when you're homeless, those little things that you have that resemble home, because, you know, home is like sort of this psychological idea of something that you feel safe with mm-hmm. like if you had one object and you know in a house you may have certain objects that are important to you and you may it may mean something to you but when you're homeless having that one thing that resembles home i think is a lot bigger because it even though you have that homelessness state you still have something that you can call like home or a sense of family i agree with you and um Hasneen, what do you think do you think you treasure your items more if you have if you have a house or if you're homeless, what do you think? I think is uh, I agree with Ibrahim that it's more if you're homeless because if you're homeless, you don't have the normal relationships with people or communication, and you're a bit mentally and psychologically uh, affected by your living conditions. So you value things a lot more. And if, if if you're living in a house, you just don't really like think about it. You just come home, dinner's there, food's there. You got water coming from the tap. You don't really think about it because it's the mm-hmm. life that you're used to. Yep. But if you're homeless and you're giving something like this, then you really treasure it. You know, I slightly disagree with you both both of you there. So hopefully it means we get some discussion out of this. But uh, I hope Ibrahim doesn't fight me about if <laughs> about this. But um, I was going to say that uh, the argument, that the way I see it is when you're homeless, you technically have nowhere to go and from and some studies say that homeless people they're always flitting from places to places as in they don't have one place where they stay every day and what i find is when you're moving from place to place what technically is happening is you have to carry all your belongings right so all the things that do mean a, l- a lot to you or that you do value they would mean much more than someone who has a house but all the the extra accessories stuff like um, they don't really have need like for survival i find that they'd have less value to a person to who's homeless obviously i'm alhamdulillah not homeless so um obviously i wouldn't be able to represent any homeless people in any shape or form so you can't really quote me on this but generally the point i'm trying to get at is the fact that they would value every necessary item if that makes sense not just every item that they have what do you think about that? Um, I would agree with that. And I think that they do value every necessary item. They have, but sometimes, like I said before, it's like, for example, like a toothbrush or like a hairbrush or something to keep you like clean. Or so like, for example, like a tent is mm-hmm. very valuable. Like everyone values their bed at home or the pillow and their blanket because it's something that is necessary to them and that they use every day. But I think 
sometimes when you have things like a tent and you have a sleeping bag and things like that it does bring or back those memories about homelessness and the state that you're in being able to have things that don't necessarily resemble any sign of homelessness but something that you keep personally takes you away from that idea of being homeless of that state that you're in and sometimes that is a distraction that a lot of people crave especially when you like you're in it extremely stressed situation like sometimes when you know you're stressed or you're depressed and sometimes you'll sleep just to get out of that situation because it's got nothing to do with depression so having things that aren't linked to homelessness or don't help you survive but something that resembles home and doesn't bring you back to that dark place remembering where you what current state you're in can sometimes be more important to a person rather than the bare necessities they have Indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, I'm going to read out a statistic which I found here, and this is sourced from crisis.org, and it says, on average, homeless people die at just 44 years old. And I find that interesting. Why do you think that could be, happening? I think that's because they just lack a lot of the necessities, and, you know, a lot of homeless people have mental issues. They might do alcohol, might do drugs, and, you know, some of them might even take their life, take their own lives. Because they can't um, uh, bear, um, bear it, so it's you know it's it's just uh, it's very sad because at 44 your life you know um, you still got a long way to go. But a lot of people are on the um, I saw a, a statistic where a lot of people that are homeless are by themselves, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe just one or two of them. You know, they don't really have families. They don't have anything to keep them going, anybody to support them, anybody to lean on. What you know? do you think it's worse that the fact that they're living alone that the fact that they yeah of course because mm-hmm. if they have someone to lean on at least they have some hope to have you know maybe there's a way out of this they have mm-hmm. some someone to lean on someone to talk to talk with but by themselves just you and your thoughts you really just get carried away with your thoughts you know in, yes indeed and Ibrahim what do you think about that um I would agree with Snane and I think that I think the reason that people die at that age is because of the lack of sanity. And also uh, going on is that sometimes those pe- some certain people that fake homelessness or are homeless but use that money on drugs and alcohol, I think it's very selfish of them to ruin it for everyone else. Because sometimes you know it runs at the back of you, most people's minds that when you're giving charity or you're helping a homeless person out, the intent to why they need that money, are they going to spend it on drugs and alcohol or are they actually going to help themselves and help those around them and spend it on food? And I think that sometimes pulls people away from helping others. I think it's extremely, extremely selfish for those who seek benefit from, for seek their own benefit and don't think about the people they're affecting. And to go out and, you know, take money and not actually be homeless or use that money for drugs and alcohol. Because, you know, people, we have to understand that homelessness is a condition, but people who are homeless are still humans and we have to understand that i think a lot of people think that they're like a different type of people or they're not the same most scenarios that a lot of people don't understand is that sometimes a person might have lost their job or they've been in a house and they've lost their job or they've lost something that's resulted in homelessness but they still have pride within them Mm -hmm. to know that they have you know that they deserve food and water and cleanliness and i think that we need to realize these are actual people that are living and it's not fair to walk past them every single day and not help them out just because you have that suspicion that oh, they might spend it on drugs and alcohol. So, And I also think that the death rate is because of that psychological impact that no one's with them. And it's not fair that, because, you know, England is a very developed country technolog- mm-hmm. technologically and, you know, as we continue to advance we're sort of leaving behind all the issues we have and i think a fear that many people have is that as we continue to advance those um issues that we've left will continue to grow and grow and grow until you know we reach a state where we can't advance anymore we have to come back and help to solve those problems and i think it's a problem that should be solved from the get-go indeed Uh, i just want to touch upon that point you said about um the the suicide rates there mm. and uh, research actually suggests from crisis.org is that homeless people are over nine times more likely than the general population to take their own life and as, as you said it's the fact that there's this men- mental stress m- mental stress going on what else do you think could be uh, a cause of all this uh, suicide going on what do you think Hussein? i think one of the causes is that uh, the, um, uh, the community <coughs> and society people don't really pay attention to them they feel as they're invisible 
you know, the, in the mm-hmm. invisible population where no one really pays, pays, attention, pays any attention to them. You know, um, uh, there's a lot of, if you ask an ordinary person, you know, would you help a homeless person? They'd be like, I would help, I would help them. But I pay my tax, I pay this, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously our tax is opening food banks and this and that. But a lot of people aren't still susceptible to the, to those uh, benefits. And yeah. a lot of people, for example, have been disowned from their families or might have left the situation themselves voluntarily. But it's, it's because they're in an abusive situation or, you know, they're coming from something else. So it's just that they feel as if, you know, no one's there for them. No one's looking towards them. No one's helping them, and they want nothing to live for and take their own lives. Indeed, uh, that's actually a really, really good point you've raised there. And a uh, statistic to back that up is that um, a research says that over a third of people who've been sleeping rough have been deliberately hit or knocked or like or kicked or abused in some way or another uh, or of forms of violence. Um, like while homeless, so a third. So it just goes to show how badly people are treated and. At the end of the day, it's not really their fault. Uh, their fault in most cases for being in that situation. So, um, I just adding on to what I've just said there. Uh, it's not really their fault. That could be um, uh, an excuse for some as to why people are, ho- are homeless and why we should help them. But I just want to ask you, what do you think could be causes of of uh, homelessness? Because generally, what you, when you see someone, you can't really tell their story what's been going on that led them to the situation where, they, where they're in. So I just want, want to ask you, what do you think could be potential uh, potential reasons or causes of homelessness, Ibrahim? What do you think? I think one of the main reasons is, you know, when you're renting out, um, you know, an apartment or a house and then you have a job where you're financially stable and then losing that job, I think that could potentially be one of the main reasons is not having the financial stability to fund the living circumstance that you're with in um and i think that they should i can't speak from like we should clear this up that me abdul and shane are both that all of us are not experts in homelessness and we can't speak like we're experts or anything but Mm -hmm. this is just from our common uh, conceptions is that i think sometimes um people are afraid to ask for help and sometimes they don't want to disclose that they're in need and there should really be like a support system within there because you know some people are like that personality where they don't want to tell their families or their friends because sometimes they may be embarrassed or they don't want to cause stress to the family and they put themselves in extremely difficult situations and not having anyone from the outside because i think a lot of people believe that you know in the outside in the real world a lot of people are, you know people are going to help you they're not just going to let me sit there and walk past you but it's something that happens every day people just walk past homeless people or people who are suffering because of that selfish mentality that it's not their problem and like his name said that invisible population that people push people who are in need to the side yeah it's interesting you say that um the fact that um people and you raised a good point there about um people who come from asian sort of backgrounds and uh, obviously uh we're not experts but we personally come from an asian sort of background would you feel comfortable in telling uh, your family members about your financial financial situation as name not uh, actually not um, uh, not at all because people just um, uh, if you're not working or you're unemployed or you're finding trouble working mm-hmm. people just think you're lesser than them they think you know he's not paying tax he's not helping the community he's just a waste of space you know uh see so you feel that there's a sort of judgment going on yeah yeah a lot of judgment a lot of stereotypes people people and people just don't want to tell the people that you know that they're not working because they feel like that people can look down on them and they don't want to feel inferior to anybody else, you know. It's interesting you say that. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, so while I was doing some work experience with a company, um, I was actually um, telling my cousins, oh, I might, get a, I might get a job soon. And they were pretty much, I told them, oh, I'm going to get a job soon. I'm currently in training. And then obviously since we have different beliefs, they more... Uh, they prefer being uh, more spontaneous with their work and stuff. For me, it's like, okay, calm, slow and steady wins the race, right? So I was telling them, oh, I'm going to get a job soon. I need to go through training first. And they were telling me off saying, oh, there's no point of training. It's just a waste of time. And, and meanwhile, and they were sort of judging me pretty openly uh, that. But, but it was, and uh, but the moral of the story was that <coughs> they were really judgmental. So I felt as if the I couldn't really trust them with information about my financial sort of position because I felt as if uh, they would not not that they'd be abuse me or anything it just be 
uh, they just sort of judge me and in a negative light and they'd be open about it um and every time I see them now and then they're like oh are you still gonna are you still gonna do your training I'm still doing training <laughs> so it's pretty annoying so I felt I, I feel as if I'm kind of held back by that like their opinions change of me so what about you Ibrahim do you feel like you the fact that you have a financial sort of judgment from other people I think that it's not necessarily financial judgment I th- uh, for me personally anyway but I think it would just be the idea of stress because I don't want to put anyone in a position where I feel where I would cause them to feel that it is their responsibility to look after me or to <coughs> put themselves in difficulty for me mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a problem that a lot of people have like I know I can st- say confidently that none of us here would want to put our families in stress or mm-hmm. you know make our fam- parents worried or anything and sometimes that can be a driving factor when you're struggling or you know you don't have the financial capability capability of funding something you don't necessarily tend to turn to your parents in those moments unless you're in extreme emergency and even in extreme emergency cases people don't want to put their family through that or put their family mm-hmm. through stress and i think that for that reason because it's it's something that people are born with this is a personality trait and i think there needs to be a sort of support system for those people who struggle to talk about money because money is a very sensitive topic you know we're only yeah. 16 so we don't understand it like we can joke about how we don't have any money we have a lot of money but speaking of which have you ever noticed that there's whenever you ask an adult about their wages or how much they earn yeah they, it's they very look, sensitive yeah. apparently it's really sensitive i yeah. mean i'm not i'm not i wouldn't i wouldn't shy away from telling people how much i earn i think it's because like like because me and abdul we always talk about like salary and wages about the job that i want to apply for i tell mm-hmm. abdul because i'm not really that bothered i think it's when you get older because like for example like now sometimes like for example in high school it was sort of sets yep. like people were a bit embarrassed to say what set you're in or what grade you got uh, right. and i thought that i think like, i don't know i could be <laughs> completely think, wrong what do you think do you think I similar think, yeah i think that people think them, uh, don't want to be judged as inferior or superior mm. uh, to anybody else you know? i think it's like classism like higher yeah, class yeah. lower class and middle class because like for us it's everyone set 1 to 3 then you're a higher class and i think when we get older i'm just i think as we get older instead of sets it turns into money right. so depending on how mm-hmm. much money you have obviously it doesn't matter how much money me you or snane have because <laughs> at the end of the day it's not like we're providing for ourselves we still have families that support us and we you know we buy like small things for ourselves mm-hmm. so that's why i don't think it matters for but for older people i think it's sort of an embarrassment to say which class you're part of which it shouldn't be to be honest oh, i see what you mean um i just want to get your final opinion since uh, we've got three minutes left for this topic i actually pretty much enjoyed this topic yeah. i was because i was scared that you know akib normally he's the sort of guy that deals with sort of social mm. topics but he wasn't present today yeah. for reasons and um <laughs> I just <laughs> Are you calling him out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we actually don't know. He just said reasons. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he did tell me one, but I don't know. I felt I'm I'm not gonna judge. Um, <laughs> um, so there's a final study which I want to say. Uh, it links to literally everything we've been saying. It says sixty-two percent uh, of single homeless people are hidden, or they may not show up in official uh, figures. And this is according to the Guardian. Uh, what do you guys make of this statistic? The fact that 62% of homeless people may be hidden, like you wouldn't be able to tell that they're homeless or not. What do you think about that? Um, I think that it's just, um, it's just, um, uh, if I had the stereotype, you know, because a lot of people think that there's food banks, there's this, there's that, council homes, mm. the council's providing, why don't they go here, why don't they go there, yeah, yeah. and they always want to judge them, you know. But then a lot of people. Um, uh, don't ha- don't have access to those things, you know, and then they have to find other other alternative pathways for them to get back to their previous life, but they can't do that because yeah. it's not open to them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, what what about you, Ibrahim? What do you think? I think it supports the phrase that Hussein <coughs> said earlier about the invisible population, and I think it's such a normal occurrence f- to see a homeless person that it doesn't really cross your mind. Like if we saw someone who's bleeding out on the street then you know we'd rush to help them because it's not something you see every day it's not normal right. and you know that someone's in need but when you see these people suffering every single day and you sort of get used to it and it's the most negative perception of homelessness so you kind of getting used to homelessness and not having the willpower to change it and i think that it's an increasing problem and i'm scared that that 62 percent 
of you know not recognized homeless people will increase because people will just become used to it they'll just be used to seeing people who are struggling on the streets and it makes the community more selfish because if you can let one person on the street go by and not help him then why can't you let your next neighbor go out and not help him why can't you let your own family go by and not help them i think it's an issue that we need to resolve right now what well, do you think homelessness is common in uh, society i don't i've hardly seen anyone uh, who's homeless while i'm walking through places i don't think it's common it's definitely there and even though it's a small percentage for England as a first world country, it's quite large, and I think. What it's about Luton specifically? Have you seen uh, anyone? Luton specifically, I, yeah, I've seen quite a few homeless people. A couple, a couple. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously I not in comparison like Pakistan or like other countries such as that. Uh, I don't know. I've literally, I think I can literally count on my fingers the three <coughs> encounters I've had with homeless people. Uh, but other than that, I don't really see it. Uh, do you think it could be because of where we are? Yeah, I think it could potentially be because of, because of our postcode and also the mm-hmm. sometimes homeless people will position themselves in certain areas like outside a supermarket where they know people will have change or something like that. Alright then, that brings us down to the end of the first half. Stay tuned, join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum. this is Atif Nawaz and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Inspire 105.1 FM. You're currently listening to Community Connect. I'm joined here with Abdul Saban. How are you? Walaikum salam. I am good too. <laughs> um, Hussain, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. So, before the break, because you've tuned into the second half of the show now, we were talking about homelessness in the UK, uh, Luton specifically to be honest, and we were coming out with interesting facts and statistics and talking about the reasons why. Uh, this may occur because we're not experts in that topic. Um, Wait, are we just going to ignore the fact that you just said, how are you? And I said, walaikum salam. <laughs> because you didn't reply. <laughs> and then you said, I'm not too bad. <laughs> um, so also you can listen to a piece of our show on Saturday between 8 to 9 p.m. Yep. And so the topic that we're doing within this segment. Oh, yeah. By the way, you can call in. On zero one five eight two four eight one eight double two, I repeat that for you: zero one five eight two four eight one four eight one eight double two. That's to call in, and if you want to WhatsApp or message in, it's zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two. And you can find both those numbers on the website www.inspirefm.org. So this show, we're going to do climate change, but not just climate change. We're going to do whether we think first world countries or developed countries should give more of an effort to help defeat climate change so we'll get everyone's opinions on air after swan what's your opinion what do you think who do you think that first world countries should help defeat climate change or not do you know it is i'm kind of on the fence for this one because all oh, right so hashim <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's an inside joke because hashim used to be all of you on the fence for every topic yeah. but at <laughs> this this time i feel as if there's arguments for both sides so depending on the way the show goes then I'll you'll decide yeah so we'll ask at the end of the show inshallah if we remember who please don't remember okay how about uh Hussain, <laughs> actually me and Hussain are pretty together on this one maybe we'll find yeah. a difference yeah, yeah. so i sure. think yeah. i think they should i think they should there's a lot of money being spent into warfare and other things mm. but not as much money or attention being given to climate change yeah um i agree with Hussain. i think that first world countries should make more of an effort not necessarily because of the amount of money they're spending in warfare or anything else i think that they should make more of an effort because they have the ability to um and so i'll just give my evidence for that for for example in the uk the taxation system i think that we should use the taxation model as a representation model of how climate change should be tackled for example in the uk the more money and the more tax do you make on that money so the more developed or the more money a country has the more effort they should make help in defeat defeating climate change because i think some countries they just don't want to help because it doesn't affect them mm-hmm. which is a very selfish perspective to climate change yeah and so that's why i think that first world countries should help because they have the ability to so why not let's clear up why is the first world country a first world country is a country that is rich i guess <laughs> is that you guess? Okay. Um, 
I think what about a third world country because that term po- uh, pops up a lot as well. Okay, I f- okay, first world country is a country that is developed and has the financial stability to basically support itself and so it's 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 stable. It's stable. And I think a third world country is a country that is currently developing or is in development and it's not like there yet. Well, over here uh, on what I've searched is that a third world country is generally a country which is. Um, has a good industry and like mm. it's yeah, like you stable, said, stable. stable. Yeah. So thank you for being right. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, Hasnain, what do you think? What's your argument? Because Ibrahim here said that um, they they rich are so they should yeah because they have the ability to um, they should realize that it's impacting a lot of people. Even though it may not impact them, it's their still their responsibility to help those out who are in need. Yeah, I I I I agree with you on that one because they have a lot more money, <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, it's like responsibility. You know, a third world country doesn't have a lot of money; they can't really do anything about it. But if you have a lot of money, you know, you can obviously put money in if you have money to burn. But at the same time, you can f- kind of understand where they're coming from because you like let's say for example the UK, right? If the, if the UK wants to do, so- do something about climate change, they can't really do anything about themselves. They have to have America, the EU, or the other various countries. So it's it's just a uh, you know just big. Do you think that yeah. countries who are not suffering, for example, if the UK was not suffering from climate change, do you think it would still the, be their responsibility to help out other countries to defeat it? What do you mean? So say for example, if the UK wasn't suffering from climate change at all, right? So we didn't have any That's pollution. Literally that impossible. doesn't make sense. That well, doesn't make sense. No, I'm saying uh, not hypothetically. Hypothetically. Well, so there's like a, a dome or something around you. No, no, okay. Well, no, okay. We know we're <laughs> suffering from climate change, but it's not as bad as other countries. So say for example, we're like it's not that bad. We're still uh, surviving. But then, for example, in China, they have to wear masks because the pollution is really bad there. Yeah. Do you think it's our responsibility? So the UK's responsibility to help out countries like China or other countries that are suffering extremely badly from climate change. It depends if it, if it's the w- country's fault, like um, uh, let's say there's nothing <coughs> they can do about it. The climate change is from greenhouse gases from the whole world. You know, um, uh, UK's you, um, a part of UK's gases. UK's um, had a part in the pollution contributed. Then the UK should you know um, uh, reimburse the countries. But if it, like I said, China. Yeah, um, uh, the climate change, the um, uh, moss and various stuff that's going on over there, that's because of their own um, uh, nuclear power plants and but gases. But isn't, yeah. it, isn't it also to do with um, other places? Because generally the what happens is that carbon dioxide and all those all other greenhouse gases, yeah. and all those pollutants come from other countries as well because mm-hmm. they get carried by the wind. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's just China, well, yeah. um, from the example. Yeah. It wouldn't just be that sole country's fault. For the pollution that gets there, but yeah. do you think that even though it's not our responsibility or necessarily our fault for it, but this is all hypothetical? We're not speaking from any facts. It's just an example. Do you still think that the UK would or would not have responsibility to help China? I get what you're saying. So what you're trying to say is like, so say for example, let's say one country say, yeah, say has like, contributed a lot towards it, and they should pay more. No, no. Say for example, yeah. you're the UK. Yeah? I'm yeah. China. All right. Okay, <laughs> UK, you don't affect. Like our pollution at all, but mm-hmm. then because of my country, our pollutions, like oh, you don't affect our climate change, but our mm-hmm. climate change has gone really bad. You know the death rates have gone up and everything, but you have nothing to do with it. Do you think it's still your responsibility as a first world country to help me out? Not really. No. That I would. I would. No. I mean. I, would, I mean. <laughs> let's say the UK, right? We put in. You know, various. <coughs> um, uh, we have. You know, um, uh, we change up. I mean, um, uh, we're using all renewable energy sources and, er- and all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we've lowered our pollution and we've done our part. For the other countries, for example, India mm-hmm. got a lot of greenhouse gases, and then they ask us for help, but they're not doing anything. Even though they're third world country, but yep. they could still try do something to lower it, but they're not trying. So then, why should we get a helping hand? Now you know it is. Uh, let's suppose I'm country A, your country B, if and. Uh, you're you're the unhealthy one. You're the one suffering from all these greenhouse mm-hmm. gases more than me. Let's say let's relate it to something like fitness. If I'm healthy, you're and Ibrahim's not. Uh, generally, what would happen is the most I can do in advising him. I can't literally force him to eat certain things. Exactly. Yeah. But th- I I still feel like I have a responsibility to 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 advise him because if he didn't see the bad that's happening to him, or his or he does see it, but he's not doing anything about it. I feel like I could help him and potentially save him from, let's say, other issues that might come up. Uh, and if you relate this to the example I gave you, I'm country A, your country B. 
And then what happens is that I, even if I'm doing well as a country, I've lowered my reductions. I've lo- I've reduced my uh, all my carbon footprints and stuff like that. If you haven't done it, I could still advise you or help you out because at the end of the day, it's your country, so you have the right of what happens to it, how you manage your carbon footprint and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to ask a quick question. Uh, what do you guys think could be done to, uh, on a, a social level, so stuff like from individuals, from me and you, what do you think we could do personally to stop climate change happening? Um, one thing I think that we could do is public transport. Um, I think public transport is extremely convenient, especially from starting college, because with high school, high school was like a 10-minute walk from where I lived, so it was really easy to get there. But college is a bit further, so sometimes I have to use the bus or get there. And I think it is very convenient and inconvenient at the same time, because public transport is not necessarily very reliable, and Mm -hmm. it does get extremely packed and extremely tight and sometimes the timing is not good so i think that's why a lot of people choose to use cars i suppose you could replace a car with you know an electric car hybrid car but is an expensive option to go down but uh, would you drive would you prefer driving an electric car no why not uh, I just like old school cars and like hearing the engine and stuff <laughs> Obviously, for the like okay if i was talking Okay, if I had the financial stability to have two cars, mm. I'd have one um, electric car, but it wouldn't necessarily... <laughs> I'm being honest. It wouldn't necessarily be to save the environment. That would not be my intention. <laughs> it would, it would be? be... Okay, like, it helps the environment. Like, that's great. It would just be a byproduct of me buying the car. The main reason would be because it would be more econom- economically wise because the petrol would be less. And oh, my God. <laughs> but, I'm just, no, but I'm just saying that sounds like... <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. And I think that the main issue of climate change uh-huh. is that... Climate change is not, um, it's sometimes it's not the main focus for people doing things. And I think it's extremely, it, people get turned off thinking about climate change or helping it yep. because of the, when it comes to pricing and the effectiveness. So using public transport, public transport sometimes it's not reliable. It's not, I mean, if you have an easier option there, of course people are going to take it. Now, and do you know what it is uh, with tr- public transport? The main issue is it's what's known as a symbiotic relationship. So one causes the other, the other causes the first. So it's like same like chicken, which came first, chicken or the egg. Because what happens is, is when it's you... It's a chicken, isn't it? Uh, who who um, knows? Yeah, because <laughs> Allah made the chicken, well, and then the chicken laid an egg and then... We'll discuss that at some other point. Um, But generally the point here is when you have have a few buses coming, right? Mm. Uh, And then people go into those buses, they get full. And then people realize, oh, you know what? The buses are getting full. So now there's no point point in me going into the bus. If it's full like this, I don't like the condition. Mm. But when they get more buses and there's not enough people going into each bus, they decide, you know what? There's no need for extra buses. We can just put people more into one bus. Mm. And... And it gets confusing like that because the company has to do what they can to reduce the number of buses, but then the people have to do what they can as well to kind of mm. get into the bus. So it's like there's always those issues going on. So some that's why some people don't really resort to public transport. And even with electric and hybrid cars, they're so much more expensive mm-hmm. than those are like for, for my first car. I know for a fact I'm not going to be able to afford, like in one year, I'm not going to be able to afford like a hybrid or an electric car even though it would save me money in the long term i just won't have that amount of money within that time to purchase a car like a hybrid or electric i think later on down the line i'll definitely purchase one because you know it's really good yeah. um but i think that's the problem is that it's just not accessible to everyone people are not going to enjoy public transport and it's just a fact we can't change it you can't give them like a five-star luxury suite inside a bus and take them to college and we can't you know <laughs> Uh, you know, hybrid cars are extremely expensive to make, hence why they're so expensive and they so you save you a lot of money. I think that climate change needs to be more, uh, helping to solve climate change needs to be more accessible. Like saying things like people should use smartphones less or people should walk everywhere, it's just not realistic. No one's really yeah. going to say, oh, do you know, okay, I'm not, for me personally, I wouldn't necessarily put my phone down and say, for the environment if it was something more accessible like say if, for example there was a march going on or to like or like or to help or they did some sort of event like inspired from we like we do events mm-hmm. all the time yeah for like eat for example and so many people turn out we you know me and you have both yep. seen it and i think if we did that for climate change we, we actually got people physically invested in it 
then it would just be like, for example. That's so ironic, though. Why? It's the fact that you you're encouraging people to do more for the environment, but you're the <laughs> not willing to put your phone down. No, because to save the planet. I'm talking about realistic stuff. Realistic. Well, putting your I'm phone down is not realistic. No, for the environment. No one's okay. I personally, well, okay, I'll ask this. Would you? I ever, would not put the phone yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying because it's just not a realistic thing. No one's. Okay, I can't see you stop saying no one, but most people yep. wouldn't put their phone down and just say, for the environment, I'm not going to go on my phone, I'm not going to check all my social media applications or watch a video or message my dad. It's just not realistic. I'm saying the problem with climate change is that I know that, I understand, obviously I'm not 100%, but I understand the effects of climate change and I feel really bad for it, but the things that to combat climate change is just not accessible to me mm-hmm. i can't purchase electric cars my first car to save the environment right. and i can't like go like use a bus every single day because sometimes it's not reliable and sometimes i do need to get dropped off to college yeah. otherwise i'll get laid in the punctuality will not be good i see what you mean um i just want to ask i just want to ask if you guys know because generally what people think about is or oh, if i put my technology down how's that going to save the environment because it uses electricity and that that doesn't really pro- cause any pollution or anything. So let's trace it back. Uh, do you guys know how uh, using technology and stuff causes pollution in in an indirect way? Are you guys aware of that? Uh, I thought it was just through charging, the charging info. Well, and that causes use electricity. Then you have to produce more electricity, and that will cause pollution. Uh, any ideas, Hasan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit of what Ibrahim said. You know, if you're using more electricity, they might be using more coal, nuclear power plants. To power mm. them more and mm-hmm. the demand for yeah, more yeah. electricity. See, that's exactly the issue here. The fact that, uh, it, because the thing is, according to uh, futureoflife.org, fossil fuels are still the cheapest m- and most reliable mm. um, energy resources available because, uh, because of how, um, and the fact that they're so cheap makes them more easy to use and more accessible to use. And but what we don't realize is that they, uh, what's, what's the word? They're not. They're not. Uh, they're limited. I think that's the yeah, word. Yeah, limited. Because once you use them up, they they won't be replenished. You they won't be replenished within our lifetime, because they take hundreds of thousands of years to form fo- to mm. form coal. So it and and they produce so much water, the carbon dioxide that gets released into the atmosphere, and so on and so forth. And that releases so much. Uh, it causes so many issues, and I want to ask you, Hasnain, how much of an I- impact do you think it would be if everyone was to put their phone down just for one day? What do you think? I think it would be a uh, it would be like a positive movement. It's better than nothing, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm like it wouldn't really change much because after one day, people will be back on it. People got one, two, three phones, and you know, I'm uh, and I'm, uh, it's better for you know, like uh, uh, for them to have a long term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a long-term motivation or yeah. idea, you know? I think it would be a great idea. I think it would help the environment. But I very, very highly doubt it would ever happen. Because, yeah. <laughs> the reason is because, not just because people are addicted, it's because people's day-to-day lives, they depend on their phone. For example, yeah. for me, if I'm getting the bus, I need to check the bus app to see when is the best bus coming. Yep. For some lessons, for example, politics, sometimes we'll have a toss where we need to research something on our phone. I need to go on my phone for that. My day-to-day life revolves around using my phone, not necessarily for social media applications because I probably use that the least, less, the least amount, yeah, but just <laughs> um, day-to-day things because I'm so reliant on it to, like, get to places to find things out and yeah and also about the fossil fuels issue is that i remember studying it for uh gcc science about you know making use fossil fuels and it's Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying those symbiotic factors about like for example uh windmills yeah for example yeah when people build them they're not the most attractive thing in the world and they Mm -hmm. make a lot of noise and people who live near them it's not fair on them that yep. we have to use it and then they will want to move out of that house and get a new house and then we have to build new houses which requires more energy and i think that wait, wait, uh, what about if you build them on isolated land then it's not an issue yeah but then we also with um that, that's a good point but then we won't be able to like farm stuff there and who is taking away mm. just excess it's not like we have so much excess land that we can just oh chuck a windmill there it's fine no one's living there <laughs> <laughs> i mean technically you could you could right like on the way to the okay, motorway i don't think anyone well, depends has, who owns it 
Yeah, it depends. It dep- and and twist, if it's not like there's like a little island that's segregated, a windmill is gonna have a community that's actually, around that it. That actually would be so cool, having an island just full of windmills. And then we have to <laughs> buy that, and then we have to use energy. Which see what I mean? It's just like every thing. Yeah, even ah. developing windmills is gonna require energy from fossil fuels. But it, in the long term, those the energy used for building the windmill. And then those people way. who don't like the look of a windmill or don't like living next to it will have to move and make other accommodations. There just needs to be more access. And I'm sure there is, but we just haven't found them out yet because they're not advertised as much. Well, there's solar panels out there. Solar panels are really Solar panels, we're actually, me and my family are going to get. Yeah, ex- first of all, they're extremely expensive. And second of all, when it comes to nighttime, so if you don't save enough energy in the winter, where are you going to get energy from? Um... In, I mean, in the winter, you could use other means, right? That's the thing, isn't it? Is that you could fireplace. use other means. But a fireplace. A fireplace, exactly. Who needs electricity when you've got a fire? Okay, I'll tell you, I have to get a fireplace then to source my solar panel, or I could just not invest in solar panels, not invest in a fireplace, use electricity and watch TV. Uh, or, just, <laughs> or just don't be addicted to anything. What do you mean don't be addicted? Of course, this I mean, is just so unrealistic. You can't be addicted See, to your phone. The, you can't be addicted is, to your TV. This is the issue of 21st century is the fact that we have all these we have all these technologies and all these things which have a small but significant impact because once you once you totally up the fact that we're all charging our phones every day our mm. devices mm. Uh, it just in the long term it's such a big impact the fact that we're using all this electricity and um is and it's just really uh, it's part of our lifestyle if anything mm. so if we were to change our lifestyle i was thinking about this i developed like this sort of imaginary sort of day where everyone puts the phone down for a day see what it's like to live a hundred years ago when they actually had to develop i have to post letters just to get a message across mm. to the world and they had to tell their friends in person if they wanted to meet up at the same time yeah but technology is good as well i support technology i also support that natural lifestyle of not having your head stuck in your phone all day yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, we've had so many discussions on technology, and I'm usually the one that's against the development of <laughs> it. But I support technology because it is there to make our lives easy. Like, if, if something happens, everyone puts their phone down. If someone has a heart attack, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, you can't call the ambulance. Because <laughs> your phone's that down. Is, that that's that's what I'm saying, isn't it? Is that we're so dependent on technology is that we actually need it to survive. I mean, you've come up with that one situation. The fact that, I mean, obviously, if you have an emergency phone, um, that sort of technology is all right. But then, if you, what's the point of social media? What benefit does that bring you? Oh, hold on, we just got a message here uh, from Taj saying they called wind turbines, not windmills. What's the difference? Oh, yeah, no, I knew that. I think a wind, I actually don't know what a windmill is. I know it's in a book that we studied. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, wind uh, turbines. A, a, a windmill is used to produce food and yeast and stuff. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then wind turbines used for producing that yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. Chris, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I knew, it was a, I knew it was a windmill, but it was just the closest thing I'd get to wind turbines. Um, I just want to say something, uh, something that Hasnain mentioned early on in the show, and he said that um, co- poor countries, they're not able to, they're suffering with issues such as poverty, uh, uh, so they wouldn't be really have enough money to tackle issues such as global warming. What do you think about that? Um, I think that is true. I think some countries aren't financially capable to look, o- like, to look after global warming. But it's not like, you know, these rich countries, I can't talk from experience, you know, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but it's not like we have, you know, so much excess money that we can just Mm -hmm. throw away. And I think that it, I think this topic links a lot back to the homelessness topic and that idea of selfishness that climate change has just become, it's recently just come onto the brink, like for, for me personally, I've only recently within the last couple of years become aware of the issue of climate change and how it's affecting, mm-hmm. you know, the polar ice caps and things like that. And I think that as time goes on, people are going to become used to it, like homelessness, where yep. it's just going to become something, oh yes, an issue, but what should I do about it? It's, you know, if no one else is helping, why is it only my responsibility to help? And I think that a lot of countries like first world countries that have the ability to help will develop their mentality that it's not necessarily their responsibility to help because of that selfish mindset and because no one else is doing anything so i think it's important to take realistic keyword is realistic approach to solving climate change 
You know what it is? I was doing acrobatics. <laughs> Sorry, I was in an uncomfortable position. But you know what it is? Realistic is all down to perception, what you define as realistic. And uh, what would you define as realistic, Hasnain? Uh, a suitable solution to combating climate change. What do you think um, is some sort of thing you... What would you suggest doing? I mean, the main thing for climate change is money, right? Mm. I'm uh, yep. country with rather use fossil fuels because it's cheaper rather than wind turbines. Yeah. But the other day, I don't know if you guys remember, mm-hmm. but... A while back, when Prince Harry was getting married, there's a big round Twitter about um, uh, people do like, oh, our taxes paying for the wedding. Oh, right. Yeah, like, yeah, do you yeah, remember? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 right. And then at that time, an article came out and they, and they said about 92p, if I, if I, if I, if I remember correctly, 92p of a, of a person's tax goes to the Queen. So I was quite interested, yeah. So I went and I timed it by the uh, population of taxpayers and the Queen gets like over 100 million wow. per, per year, right? That's just from tax. From tax, just from tax. Mm-hmm. She has businesses and whatnot. So, if ninety-two p of tax goes to the queen and she gets a hundred million, if two pound, if two pound of tax goes to climate change, that's a two hundred million pound a year. But you see, that's where the you issues know? come. That's actually a really good point. But see, that's where the issues come because uh, generally, what happens is if we were to enforce more tax laws onto people, people would start complaining because yeah. no, no one really wants to have tax go up. Because yeah. sometimes people are, as we said in our first topic, people are struggling to make ends meet. They, and if you were to make tax go up, they would struggle to do even more than they're already struggling mm. to do. It's a very Thatcher-like principle, actually, which we've currently been studying in politics about the reduction of tax that the Conservative Party adapt. And it seems to be following that trend, the reduction of tax. And Thatcher's reasons, one of the reasons behind it was... Lowering the tax rate encourages hard work. Mm. Knowing that you're going to be able to keep all the money that you work mm-hmm. for encourages people to work harder. And I suppose that having that more financial stability can give you more free time to help the economy and uh, help the climate change. Yeah, indeed. So uh, we're coming down to the last 40 seconds. And I would have to say you guys have managed to convince me. I also believe... Yes that uh, high developed countries do have a high obligation yeah. uh, but also believe that more individuals have an, a bigger obligation those who can yes. should is the way i see it mm. and um so join us next week uh, we will we haven't actually come up with the topic yet yeah. nah. because <laughs> we actually come up with them on the last day but um as always stay tuned we have repeats on saturdays 8 to 9 p.m you can listen to our podcast on apple podcast and spotify so as always stay tuned assalamu alaikum community connect connecting the community thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org you'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton